Welcome back to another episode of the Year of Plenty podcast, the show for all things real food and the processes that bring it to the table. As always, I'm your host, Paul DeWeeland. And if you're a new listener, I just want to say welcome to the show. We welcome you. I would also like to welcome back all of you that have listened before. It's really, really amazing to just see this community of curious foodies around the show grow. And it's really exciting for me. And, you know, I just want to say thanks for all of your support out there. So this week's episode is actually a live stream I did over on Instagram at the beginning of the week. It is all about fall scouting for wild asparagus, a favorite wild edible of many foragers out there. And it's a great one to get into if you're a beginner. So in this live session, just to give you a little overview, I went over, you know, kind of my scouting process, which is super easy. I mean, you know, anyone can do it. Then uh, I showed some images and described kind of what to look for. And finally, I went over when and how to harvest the wild asparagus. As always, this is the Year of Plenty podcast. If you enjoy it, subscribe on whichever platform you use to listen. Also, make sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. That's really going to help the show get ranked and new listeners find the show. You can also support it by making a donation on Patreon with the link in the podcast description. If you don't know, Patreon is a service that allows you to help me create the show with as little as $2 a month. It's all based on the patronage system, which has been used throughout history. You know, back in the ancient times, kings and queens alike used the patronage system to take creatives under the wing and support them in exchange for value. So if you do get value out of the show please consider making a donation on Patreon. That's going to help me keep the lights on and I can just keep pumping out new episodes for everyone. So besides making that small donation on Patreon, what else you can do to support the podcast is just really share this content with your family and friends, share it with anyone interested, other curious foodies out there, and then simply just connect with me on social media. My Instagram is at Wheeland, all one word. And I also want to remind you that I am working together with the awesome people at Ancestral Supplements. Now, they are a small business based in Texas, and I've talked about this on every episode in the last couple months, but you know what they do is manufacture and sell high-quality supplements made from animal organs. So I'm looking at their websites, at their products right now, and just to give you an idea of what they have, um, they have a supplement that is called grass-fed beef organs, and that is a uh, mixture of liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. Then they have just a liver supplement. They have a heart supplement, a thyroid. They even have a bone and marrow supplement. I mean, you name it, <laughs> brains. I mean, they have it all, a cartilage. So, you know, it's just an awesome company. And you might be asking yourself, why is Poldy hyping up, you know, organs so much? Well, in reality, organs, organ meats from animals have been part of our diet for our entire evolution. And a lot of people still eat them all around the world. A lot of cultures do. We used to have a lot of organ meats in the cuisine, in the American culture, in the European culture, but it's kind of getting lost. It's going away. But the reality is that these animal organs are just jam-packed with nutrients that are super bioavailable. And Ancestral Supplements has found a way to take high-quality animal organs from, you know, animals that are raised in New Zealand, they're pasture-raised, they're grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, had a great life. And they found a way to turn these into supplements so that the nutrients don't get lost 
and that you don't have to eat the actual organ. You know, you just take a pill basically and you still get all those nutrients in a very bioavailable form, meaning that the body can absorb it super easily and use it. But this is just a really convenient way, especially if you're traveling and all that and you just don't have access to, you know, high quality organ meats everywhere. There's farmers markets. You can build, you know, a connection with a farmer. Maybe you have a local butcher that sources really high quality meat. Um, but otherwise it's kind of hard, you know, maybe you're a hunter, but otherwise it's really hard to get those into your diet. So if you're interested, definitely check out their products at www.ancestralsupplements.com. And when you do order, consider using the discount code I got for you guys, which is year of plenty, all lowercase letters and one word that will give you a nice discount. And you're also going to support the show. And like I said, any support you can give to the show is so appreciated because it's just going to allow me to keep pumping out new episodes for you guys. I really hope you enjoy this episode and make sure to check in for the next one as well because I have a lot of good conversations already recorded and I'm trying to get those to you guys as soon as possible and more to come in the future. Let's get into this week's episode on fall scouting for wild asparagus. All right, I think we're live. Doing another live stream. This one is unannounced. Um, probably should have announced it, but hopefully some people will be online and to join. We'll just wait a couple of seconds here to see uh, if, when people join and all that, and then I'll get to it. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. I hope you're all healthy, and I hope you're all ready for the winter to come. I'm definitely ready. Uh, you know, here in Wisconsin right now, I'm in La Crosse, central Wisconsin. It's got a lot warmer again a couple weeks ago i thought winter is here you know it started snowing and uh now we're back at 70 degrees fahrenheit so it's warmer but winter is coming and i hope you're all ready because you know ice fishing season i'm getting ready for ice fishing season i'm really excited about it if you've never tried it uh that's something to definitely do in the winter it's one of those great activities but that's not what this live stream is about today i'm going to be talking all about scouting for wild asparagus so personally, I actually still remember my first time going out scouting for, or not even scouting, just harvesting wild asparagus. Uh, my friend Michael actually got me into it. And this is one of my first foraging experiences ever. He told me about wild asparagus and, you know, I was like, what? Wild asparagus growing here in Wisconsin and around the U.S.? No way. But uh, yeah, it does. And it's really easy to find. So that's why I'm doing this live stream mostly. But yeah, my friend Michael, you know, we went out, we drove down some backcountry roads where he had seen plants and uh, we went during the season and, you know, kind of got around. We looked for uh, the, the young spears that come up in the, during the season and we actually came home with several pounds of wild asparagus, which was, you know, that was success. And it, it really was one of the things that got me super into foraging because I'm a big fan of wild asparagus or just asparagus in general. It's just one of, one of those veggies I often buy at the store. All right, let's get to this. Um, what if I told you that you could literally be turning your dog walks, your hikes, you know, your morning strolls outside, whenever you're in nature, you could turn that all that time into also, you know, a scouting session for wild asparagus and especially right now in the fall. And I'll get to why in the fall in a second here. 
Um, for me personally, over the last couple of weeks, I've been finding more wild asparagus plants than ever before. I'm not 100% sure why. I think it's because I'm just outside so much more right now. You know, deer season, I'm taking it really serious this year. I have uh, a scouted like for several months in the summer and, and leading up to deer season in September. So I was outside a ton. Uh, and now during deer season, I've been going really hard trying to get myself some white-tailed deer, some meat for the freezer. So I've just been out there a lot. And I really think the more you're out there, the more you put yourself in those surroundings, the more you become aware of things out there. And that's why I think I've been just spotting so much more wild asparagus than previous years. Uh, all right. So just a reminder, if you do have questions, please put that, uh, use that question sticker below. Um, that way I can just kind of, um, you know, separate questions from, from other comments. Uh, thanks for joining, by the way, everyone that's in here right now. And if I, you know, if you do have a question, I'll try to answer it as well or as best as I can. If I can't, I can't. You know, I'm, I'm still learning about this stuff too, but please feel free to ask. Uh, wild asparagus is really a favorite of so many foragers. And there's a book out there by Ewell Gibson, I think his name is called. Um, I think it's called, oh, now I forgot the name, Hunting for the Wild Asparagus, something like that. It's a, it's a pretty famous book out there that all foragers should know and I should know the title um, but yeah the season is usually in early spring kind of like all those other you know plants that we look for like ramps for example uh, fiddleheads and whatnot a lot of plants come out in the spring the exact timing is really going to depend on where you are um, you know on your region around me here in central southern Wisconsin I usually see wild asparagus come up I would say in late April and then into the middle of May, kind of, you know, around the morale season somewhat. So, you know, for you, if you don't know exactly where it grows in your region, what I would recommend is get on Facebook, get in some forums, find some groups, some foraging groups um, for your state, for example. Like here we have in Wisconsin, we have the uh, several groups that I'm in. One is like Wild Mushrooms of Wisconsin. One is Wild Food Wisconsin, Wild Edibles Wisconsin, something like that. I'm sure they have them for your state. Then you just ask, you know, people say, to say, hey, I live in this county. When does wild asparagus usually come out? And uh, I'm sure you'll get some answers. Mostly people in those groups are super helpful and they just love sharing and sharing their knowledge and just teaching others as well. So I said, you know, you harvest in the spring, but right now in the fall is the best time to go scout for them in my experience so far, because right now is the time when you're going to be looking for the adult plant, not the young plant but the adult plant and they're really easy to spot in the fall because they die back right now so asparagus is a perennial meaning that it keeps growing back every year year after year and uh, that's what makes it you know such a good plant to go after and actually according to the almanac.com in, in gardens they said that the asparagus can produce for 15 to 30 years and i actually read one article of a plant uh producing for 50 years i mean that's a long time. So if you're finding a wild asparagus uh, patch, you're you know gonna have food for several decades, which is pretty awesome, I think. Let's see. Oh, we got Owen here. We got Alex, Mitch. Thanks for joining, guys. I love this. Um, so let's keep talking here. Wild asparagus. Where was I? Yeah, I was gonna say the plant that you grow 
or that you buy at the grocery store, the spear, that's the young plant. That's not the adult plant that we're going to be scouting for right now in the fall, but that's what you're going to be harvesting. And if you don't harvest that spear, it's going to keep growing taller and taller until like, I've seen six foot plants, you know, as tall as me. And uh, they then start to kind of branch out pretty early. Once they're like a foot tall, even a little bigger than that, they're going to branch out and start seeding and whatnot. And the leaves are not like, you know, normal leaves that you see. They kind of like fennel and dill, if you can imagine that. The foliage is really, it's, it's almost like a pine tree. It looks almost needle-like, but kind of flimsy, almost like ferny, feathery kind of plants. And I'll show some pictures in a sec, like I said, um, so that you can uh, check that out. And, you know, for the audio-only listeners, because I will upload this as a podcast on the Year of Plenty podcast, uh, you know, maybe look at this live stream on Instagram. I'm also going to hopefully put it on YouTube. Otherwise, I'll do my best to try to explain these pictures, um, but we'll see how that goes because, you know, that's that's not always easy to do. So the plant is green throughout the summer and uh, the early spring. And then, like I said, right now in the fall, it starts to die back and it's going to turn this, this golden yellow, um, almost like hay, I would say. And that's that is just what makes it stick out so much, especially when the snow is about to come down. So... That's what we're looking for, these full-grown bushy plants. And this is usually my strategy. I mean, it's super easy. I'll go out in late October and early November, late November, and I'll look for the biggest patches that I can find. And then I'll, I'll grab my phone, whip out my Onyx app, which you know is an app that a lot of deer hunters use. And it's just really good for scouting and marking locations, but I found it to be awesome for foraging as well. I'm not sponsored or anything by them, but it's just a good tool to use. But you can use your phone's, you know, uh, GPS system to mark spots. So then you want to mark the spot, maybe add a note about the size of the patch, or you don't have to do that, but that's what I often do. And uh, then you come back in the spring during the season to harvest a plant. And doing this right now, going out and scouting in the fall, is going to save you so much time in the spring. Um, so that's why I do it. And that's why I think other people should do it too. So let's talk about some locations, you know, and kind of where to look for wild asparagus. The good news is it grows all over the U.S. and even Canada. I know it's, I mean, it's originally from Europe, so it's not native here. It's an old world, old world plant and the settlers brought it over. Um, and it kind of naturalized here and escaped into the wild. So it's not really wild, but you know, it grows in the wild. Where do you find it? Well, here in Wisconsin, we usually, where I'm at, uh, I find it, you know, definitely along roads. Backcountry roads is a great spot to look in those ditches. Um, hiking trails for sure too, but you want to look at hiking trails to go along a forest edge or a prairie or a field. That's really where I find the most. Um, you probably won't find them deep in the woods. They like a lot of sun. I've never found one in the woods, actually. Um, so, yeah, I would really stick to those trails that go along a forest edge or or just a field. I have found them in the field, too, like prairies, uh, deer hunting this year. I've been going through a lot of prairies and whatnot, and I've been just finding tons of plants. Uh, they do like moist soil, but not really too wet, so you won't find them in, like, a marshy area. But, you know, a little wetter soil can be good. I haven't paid too much attention to that, um, but, you know, a lot of other foragers that I know and that I read about online, they always say you want to look for wet soil. Um, here in, in Wisconsin, if you look on those forest uh, um, trails, you know, or the edges of trails and all that, you're bound to find some wild asparagus, I would say. 
I've had a lot of luck. Uh, so just kind of do a little research again and, and where it grows in your state and whatnot. All right, let's look at some pictures. I hope this works. I prepared some pictures uh, here. First, we'll go over some pictures that I took in October, and then we'll go, I have like two of them that are from November now. So let's see here. All right. Here's the first picture. So this one is, uh, you can tell, this is what the adult plant looks like. This was like mid-October, I would say. You can tell it's still a little green. Uh, it's starting to turn that yellow, but... I mean, this is pretty easy to spot. It really doesn't look like many other bushes out there, I would say. This one was on the side of the road. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was in middle of October. Then late October, I found another one on a, along a hiking trail that was a pretty big patch like this one. And oh yeah, hey Sydney, what's up? Yeah, she, she says she has a lot in California too. So there you go. Well, this one was on the side of the road you know, again, pretty easy to spot. It looks like almost like a cluster of, of ferny pine trees. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, but once you see a picture of it and once you get familiar with it, you're going to be spotting these all the time. So here in the field, I have one, a close-up. And that one is, I want to point out, because you see all those red berries. And those red berries are actually, the female plants will carry those. And they'll start developing pretty early on, but the red berries, or any berry for that matter, you do not want to eat. They're poisonous. Actually, once the plant starts to like branch out and seed, you don't want to eat it at all anymore from what I've read, um, from what I've been told. So they say that at that point, the plant is poisonous. I don't know if anyone watching right now has eaten asparagus and it's in its later stages when it's not a spear anymore, let me know, but I've always avoided it. So what else do we have here picture-wise? Um, so here's a smaller one in late October that was in a big like natural prairie. Uh, you know, I just wanted to show that as a comparison that you're not always going to just see big patches. And I really don't focus on these too much because they're probably not going to produce a ton. I just really try to go for those big patches. All right, this next one is a good picture right here because it shows you the, the stem or the stalk. You can tell right here in this picture that this is, you know, it looks like asparagus that you would get at the store. On the right there, right under me, right there, uh, that one is still a little green. The other ones are already turning yellow. So that's definitely something you want to look at when you're scouting for it, you know, these asparagus looking stems. Now we got some pictures from November. Right here, a close-up, you can see this is already a lot more yellow, a lot more dried out. And that's, if you're going out right now, you're probably going to find them in this stage. Um, still super branched out and bushy, uh, like I was saying. And uh, again, for the audio listeners, this might really be the time to look at the video to, to, to see these pictures. So I have one more from November. This is the last picture here. Another close-up of the stems. Uh, you can see they're just much more dried out. This was in another field. And yeah, that's really what you want to be looking for. So let me see if I can just get rid of this picture. Perfect. So those are the pictures. I hope those helped. Now a word on harvesting. Uh, when you go to a spot during the season, it, it might be kind of hard to find the new growth, the spears, because you're probably going to 
You know, there's probably going to be a lot of grass, other plants that have already come up and they're going to cover up these spears. And that's why it's so crucial or it's going to save you so much time when you go scouting right now. So then you can just walk up, you know, exactly where you marked the spot. You can get low and look for all these tiny spears coming up. So definitely when you get to a spot, get low, like I said, and look closely because they might not pop up right away or pop like you might not see them right away. Uh, some... You know, sometimes it's nice because some of the plants have already, you know, especially if you go later in the seasons, there's going to be plants that have already grown past the spear stage and they're already going to start looking like these adult plants I just showed you. So then you can even just drive down roads and just spot that and get out and look if there's any fresh growth, any spears. Also in the spring, you might actually like during the season, you might still find the dried out adult plants that you would look for right now when you're scouting in the fall. And then you know, I always leave some stalks in there. I don't harvest them all just so that the plant can recuperate. But what gardeners actually do is they will keep cutting back their asparagus um, because that supposedly promotes growth. So if you're like the, the cultivator of this wild asparagus patch, you know, it's actually kind of maybe beneficial to keep cutting it back. And uh, that way you will, you know, get a lot more probably to harvest. And But like I said, definitely leave some behind. I think we should treat all plants or mushrooms, well, mostly plants because like perennials like this, I think we should treat like uh, a renewable resource almost. You know, you don't want to take them all. You want to think about sustainability so that you can enjoy it for the long term, right? Um, also, there's spears are going to keep growing throughout the season. So you definitely don't, you don't just want to go to a spot once. Keep coming back uh, because they can actually grow an inch per day under the right conditions, which so that's a lot i mean if you see a spear that's like three inches you might want to come back one day after that or another day after that and i usually personally harvest between like five to eight or five to ten inches you know when they're about the size that you would buy them as or at in the grocery store that's when i would i would really go out and harvest them all right one last thing is lookalikes disclaimer you know i'm not responsible as always for what you put in your mouth what you eat so definitely make sure you know how to identify this correctly i didn't find too many lookalikes i know there's one called baptisia that definitely kind of looks like it when you're when it's young so don't pick that one i read that it's poisonous i'm pretty sure um you know as always just inform yourself before you go out but looking for these plants now in the fall coming back in the spring you know you can start to build some patterns and, and that'll definitely help you with identifying. So yeah, that's it. I, I really thank everyone for joining. Let's see, I do have two questions. All right, I have one question here. Can you plant it in a home garden? So that's a good question. I've never done it. My friend Michael has been wanting to do this. He's been really wanting to get some wild asparagus from outside and transplant it into his home garden. Um, I'm sure it it works. There might be a good time during the year. I'm not sure exactly when that time would be to to transplant them. I don't know anyone watching. Maybe you have some ideas when to do it. Uh, let me know. But you know, I'm sure you can transplant those asparagus into your home garden. Let's see. Other question: Are there any poisonous asparagus breeds, or are they all safe to eat? Now. As far as I know, I mean, if it's asparagus, it's edible. Like I said, just make sure you don't get the, the lookalikes. But as far as there's as asparagus goes, I think all of them are edible. Um, I just find the, I think it's just called asparagus officinalis is the one that we have here. And that's the one you should be looking for. But 
I, I don't I don't think there's any concern with different asparagus species and all that. Since it is kind of naturalized plant, you know, it came from a cultivar or it was cultivated in Europe and brought over here, like I said, by the Europeans. All right, that's all the questions I had. Anyone else that's watching right now, do you have any questions? Let me know. I'll try to answer them as best as I can. If not, then I'm going to end this here. Uh, if you haven't checked out the podcast yet, definitely do that. It's a year of plenty. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Um, I mean, it's really on any plat like Amazon. Now. I have it on every uh, podcast app out there. You can also listen on my website, which is theyearofplenty.com. And uh, thanks, Alex, for pointing out that that or that this video is helping you. Uh, that's always good to hear that I'm not just doing this and, and it's not helping anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, check out the podcast. Let me know what you think of that. I'm always ready for feedback. I need feedback to make it better. And uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to do a kettlebell workout now. I haven't worked out yet today. And then I have some lamb chops waiting for me. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining and uh, I'll do another live stream sometime soon. Um, I'm thinking about doing one either, uh, you know, during the steer season, once I get a deer, maybe talk about kind of the tactics and talk about the process and, and how we plan to hunt and whatnot, if it was successful and, and, and all that. Or I'm thinking of doing a live stream about wild plums, but we'll see. Um, there's a lot of things I can talk about, so... I'm sure I'll find a good topic. But yeah, thanks for listening again and uh, see you soon. Have a good week. Bye-bye. All righty, that's it for today. I hope you guys liked this episode. I hope you liked this live stream. I know, you know, as an audio-only listener, uh, when I describe these pictures in these live streams, uh, it might not, you know, it'd be the same just because you're not seeing the picture, but I hope... I'm getting better at just kind of describing what I'm seeing so that you guys that are just listening can also get value from them. And also, your feedback is so valuable to me. Uh, it's just another thing that's going to help me make this show better. So if you have any ideas, any things you want me to cover, any you know food-related topics, let me know. Send me an email to theyearofplenty at gmail.com or just send me a direct message on Instagram. Also, you know, honest feedback, what do I do good, what do I do bad, that's all, you know, necessary as well, so just let me know. And then finally, please, 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 if you're listening, just hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to leave that five-star written review. If you do want to follow the podcast on Facebook, just look up The Year of Plenty Podcast, it should pop right up, and the same goes for Twitter. For Facebook, I'm really trying to grow the base there because I'm hoping to do live streams over on Facebook in the future. Right now, I'm doing them on Instagram because that's where most of the audience is. But if we can grow the Facebook page, I can do the live streams over there. You know, I'll have a lot better camera options. I won't have to just use my phone and uh, because Instagram only allows you to use your phone to live stream. And, you know, I, I think there'll just be a lot more freedom if I can use an actual camera laptop setup for the live streams and uh, you know I can just make those live streams better that way so definitely go over to Facebook as well and hit that like and follow button okay everyone thank you so much for tuning in like I said I really really appreciate all of you that keep coming back to listen and share this content with your friends and family that's just huge and I'm really excited to keep doing this for a long long time so let's keep exploring real food together